It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.06 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you. And you are there, and all you have to do to get your garden questions answered is take that finger, take that little finger, go over there to the phone, dial the numbers, 1-404-872-0750, 404 and you get your garden question answered, and you go back to bed, you go back to driving, you go back to doing whatever you're doing on a Saturday morning. If you have any question, organic gardening questions are great. Beginner gardening questions are great. If you don't know what your plant is, great. <laughs> we'll figure it out. If you have a question about your lawn or your trees or your shrubs or your anything else, give me a call, 404-872-0750. I don't often enough talk about my email newsletter. Every two weeks, every Thursday, every two weeks on Thursday, I put out an email-free gardening newsletter. And all it basically is is an article that I think is interesting and topical for the times, plus a couple of three questions that people have sent in with pictures, because you've got to have a picture to put in the newsletter. And this past week, and the week before, I was just covered up in pictures and questions about galls. Now, you may or may not recognize what a gall is, but basically, a gall is where an insect has done something to damage, in a sense, to damage a plant, and the plant has grown tissue around it. And this benefits the gall-making insect because usually they're laying eggs, and when they lay the eggs, the eggs have a nice place to develop inside this cozy little home on a leaf or a stem or part of the tree or plant that the gall-making insect has laid its eggs on. And then later on in the season, the eggs hatch out and they exit through the gall, but the gall is left on the leaves. And so people see it at all different times of the year and wonder, is something in there now? And it's really only in the uh, late spring, early summer that you'd find things in gall, in gall structures on leaves. And I'll tell you about three, I think, that we had this past week that I thought were interesting. One of them is called the tumid, T-U-M-I-D, tumid gall on muscadines. And it basically looks like a... A swollen finger, for lack of a better word. Sort of reddish. Looks like a swollen finger on the stem of a muscadine. Tumid gall uh, caused by, I think, an areophid mite. Mites are little tiny six-legged creatures, and uh, eight-legged creatures, I should say. And the eight-legged creature, the mite, damages the stem in some way, causes it to grow up in that finger, swollen finger-looking thing, and uh, provides protection for the mite eggs that are inside. The one that I thought was most interesting was a guy that sent me pictures of his black cherry in his backyard. He said, what are these bubbles all over the leaves of my black cherry? And more than bubbles to me, they more look like fingers, little red fingers sticking up out of the surface of the cherry leaf, probably 20 or 30 per leaf, and he had five or ten leaves in the picture. So lots of little bitty fingers. This is done by not a gall, but an aphid, a particular kind of aphid that, again, damages the tissue of the leaf and then causes the structure to form around it, good place for the aphids to live. A gall that I often see this time of year is from oak trees. It looks just exactly like a cotton ball. You've probably seen it. It looks like a cotton ball with sometimes little brown dots on the outside. 
It's made by a wasp of all things, a little tiny, tiny, tiny snippet wasp. And she stings the, the stem, usually it's a little twig on the oak tree, and causes it to, um, to grow this oh, golf ball size, white, cotton ball looking thing. And it's on the stem of the, of the oak tree and people look at it and think, what in the devil is that? And then right next door to it, there may be an apple gall. Again, another different kind of gall-making insects. It's made a thing that looks like an apple. If you open it up, it has these little uh, cottony, fluffy chambers inside there, again, where the insects live during the summertime. So it's really interesting to me to see all the different galls that are formed by insects. And that's one of those weird, mysterious things that even scientists these days don't fully understand of how an insect can secrete a plant hormone. Basically, that's what they're doing. They're secreting a plant hormone that causes the stem or the leaf or the particular part of the plant to react in such a way that it makes this characteristic form. Swollen finger, uh, tiny fingers, the cotton ball looking thing. All of those different things are hormones that cause a tree tissue to react in a certain way, the plant tissue to react in a certain way. How does the insect know to do that? How did it ever find a way to do that? How, how does the plant react in such a way as to form the characteristic shape every time? Scientists study that all the time and still don't have an answer to how and why and where and who and what is done to make those galls on plants. But I will say they are one of those interesting things that I get pictures of, get to diagnose, and get to identify during this time of the year. If you have a gall you want to talk about, 404-872-0750. We start the morning down in Spalding County with our friend Nicole. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Mr. Reeves. Mr. Cole, how are you? Fine. Do you know which day it is today? Saturday, second day of June. <laughs> what day is it? June 1st? June 2nd? No, June the 2nd, I believe. Oh, what day? It's, it's your birthday, Nicole. No, it's yours. Oh, it's my birthday. Oh, my gosh. Who told you that? <laughs> I have a book and I wrote it down last year. <laughs> you wrote it down so you can remember this year. I do the same thing. Every time I know somebody's birthday is has occurred, I put it down in my calendar on my phone so that next year, a couple of days earlier, it'll say it's time for Tom's birthday or Robert's birthday or somebody's birthday. Well, thank you. So thank is you, it the Nicole. first or the second? This is the second is okay. my birthday. I, yeah, I, today. I wrote it first. So. I woke up this morning being a birthday boy. I sure did. Oh, your mother must have been so proud. <laughs> she was proud to have five of us all, which had birthdays. I know, us, 12 of us, imagine that. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know there were 12 of you. Oh, my Lord, Nicole. Yes, and I think uh, she didn't know what, uh, after a while, you said, which name I'm going to name him. So uh, she asked my sister, my sister, she said, Nicole, she's my mother. She said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing the sister wasn't mad at you that day. She said blueberry or blah blah or something like that. A little blah blah blah. It's, the thing it's because uh, May baby and June baby. Yeah. The mother had to stay inside the house almost all summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hot, hot and sweaty to be inside the house the whole time. Yes, yes. Take care of those poor little babies. Well, my mother had five, and so that kept her inside the house for a lot of the time. Washing diapers, cotton diapers. Oh, my Lord, can you imagine washing all those diapers? Twelve children washing. Oh, my goodness, Nicole. Wow. And not even machine. I have to go in the river and wash it. Your it's mother did not go to the river and wash your clothes. She did not. Well, we had a big tub, and in summertime, yeah. it was better the river. <laughs> 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 it was so 
that while it was running water, wasn't it? <laughs> I guess so, right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, did you see all those black stock with uh, yellow flower on top of it? Wait, like what? It. A black stock with yellow flower? What now? Well, it's some kind of weed, and there's more weed than than grass. Yeah. And everywhere around here, there's the yellow flowers on top. I think it's hawkweed. Oh. And, and it is a, as you say, numerous everywhere, hawkweed. All spring and summer, I've seen big meadows full of this yellow flower, hawkweed. So I hope it, it nourishes the uh, bees and the uh, butterflies or yeah, something. I hope so, too. I don't know specifically if it is a... You know, good home or bad home or nectar source for bees, but it certainly is numerous, that's for sure. Incredible. And it's hard to cut. Well, I don't know if it's hard to cut. I've seen it mowed before. I saw a guy yesterday, as a matter of fact, who was mowing hawkweed and white clover at the same time. Two things that people generally don't like in their in their lawns. And he was mowing them down, making nice straight rows, and I admired his mowing and drove on past. But he was doing both of them yesterday. Well, I dug a hole this week, and uh, it didn't take lo- too long before the hole got full of water. Yeah, so our water table is really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure has. We're trying to sell a house that my family is trying to sell, and the um, crawl space underneath the house had a little bit of water in it this week, and we were worried about that. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? we got to find some way of draining the inside of the house to make sure it's just dry underneath there. Mm. Lots of rain, lots of rain. Then you, you know, you pray that we do not have a drought like we had, what was it, five or six years ago when we had the horrible drought during the summertime, and we haven't had too much water pressure for the last couple of years. And I'm really hopeful that this year the spring starts out wet like it has so far. That that means that the summer is going to be fine. We'll have periods of dry weather for a week or so, but then we'll have rain and relieve it, and we'll have the big. Big, big, big droughts like we did six years ago. Yeah, because sometimes we start with a deficit. So, you know, July and August, we're suffering. Yeah, you know? right. And now not the worst is the tree. Is the trees. Yeah, we want to make sure our trees are well. Because trees, it's hard, to, it's hard to reverse drought damage on trees. And sometimes the damage doesn't show up until two, maybe even three years after the drought has occurred. And trees begin to turn brown and lose a lot of leaves. And people wonder, what have I done recently to cause my tree to look so bad? And it's not because of something you did recently. Many times it's something that happened to them two and three years earlier when the drought came and it um, killed some of the roots of the tree. And so that has gone on for a couple of years. And the roots then are not as strong as they could be. And that's why the leaves are falling off the tree. They suffer in silence. Yeah, they do. That's a good point. You suffer in silence. You need to go out and look at your trees. I do many times go out and just try to look up as far as I can into my pine trees, into my poplar trees, sweet gum trees in my backyard and make sure that there's nothing nothing wrong with the top of the tree because we don't look high enough most of the time. You and me, you know, we walk around and look at our flowers at our feet, we look at, look at our shrubbery at our chest. We don't necessarily look at the top of our trees and that's important to look at the tops of your trees to see if there's anything like for pine beetles, look for the tops of the pine trees to turn brown if you have southern pine beetle in trees. So it is something important to look at. So I would show up first on top of the tree because of the uh Inside pressure, isn't it? Well, more is because that's the younger foliage, younger leaves. And so young leaves are a little more affected by drought than are the old leaves on the tree lower down. All right. I'm eating blueberry for a good two weeks, Mr. Right, it's blueberry season. Blueberry coming on. I'm glad you are. I have a, I put a, a really early, the earliest I could get, you know, yeah. to elongate the, the season. So I was pretty happy. And I put it 
because they're so small now and they produce so much, you can put them underneath other big blueberries. Yeah, sure. Give yeah. them a little Two shade because yeah. the roots, yes. Not a bad idea. Well, Nicole, I'm looking at the clock. I need to go, but it's great talking to you again. Enjoy your blueberries. There should be several more weeks of blueberry season coming up. Buy your cake with the thing on top of it. <laughs> I'll put some blueberries on it. All right. Thanks, Nicole. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. It's 618 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. I've got a song, I ain't got no melody. I'm gonna sing it to my friends. I've got a song, I ain't got no melody. I'm gonna sing And it a to quick my weather friends. update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Maybe a stray thunderstorm today, mostly partly cloudy, I guess. High of 89, low of 72. Sunday, 50% chance of rain, high of 87, low of 65. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And from way down in the southwest corner, southwest side, I should say, of Georgia, comes my friend Patricia Collins from Callaway Gardens. Hi, Patricia. Good morning. Good morning, and guess what? Happy, happy birthday. Oh, that's sweet of you, Patricia. Thank you. <laughs> How <laughs> did you know? 60-something years ago, right? Oh, well, 61 or 2 maybe. Yeah, yeah a couple well, of those yes, in there. Go uh -huh. backwards. <laughs> well, yeah, it is hard to realize. As you know, you're not terribly far behind me, Patricia Collins. I'm way ahead um, of you. Don't worry. <laughs> when we start saying the word of how old we are, it's sort of your brain recoils and says, that can't be true. That's Absolutely. not true. Absolutely. And I have to fess up. I said, hmm. So I, I, te I text Randy. Yeah. And I said, Randy. Randy. Right. So he said, well, we met when we were playing softball in middle school. Right. And he's my so, same age, too. So, so whatever age he is. Happy birthday as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Randy Allen, my chum from elementary school way back under in Fayette County. But, one of, you know, one of the things that, I don't know if this it bothers me or not, Patricia, but one of the things that I notice is when you have, you're filling out forms on your computer and they have a little drop down to say, what is your year of birth? What is your date of birth? So fill out a credit card thing or something like that. It takes a long time to scroll down to the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, down into the 50s to click on the right year that you were born. I think, Nadia, where is it down there, the zero, zero? <laughs> the, I have to tell you, I think I told you this story before, but I had an aunt who lived to be 107. Ow. And so she had to do, um, uh, she was doing a, a new credit card, and she was born in 1907, but this was in, two, uh, in the 2000s. And so she was used to putting, you know, just oh, 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 06. I think right. she was born in 06. She was born, she uh, put 06, and so she got a refusal because they said, I'm sorry, you're not old enough. You're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> she said, now I know, need to know that I've had to put the first part of the, yeah, <laughs> of the yeah. date as well. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, Interesting day to have a birthday yeah. when you're my well, age. And you have a really great day and celebrate all day long. I'm planning on it. I'm celebrating and starting out this morning answering gardening questions, and that is the best thing to do on a Saturday morning. Thanks. Well, for good. I've, I've, 
I love the rain, but the the the, the plants do really well, and the weeds do exceptionally <laughs> well <laughs> with the rain. <laughs> Patricia, it's great talking to you. Thank you for All the right, have a great birthday day. wishes. Thanks so much. All right, Patricia Collins at Callaway Gardens. Of course, if you go to Callaway Gardens right now, they do have lots and lots of azaleas, lots and lots of plants down there, beautiful horticulture exhibits. Callaway Gardens is very much worth your while to visit. It's 627 and a half at News Talk WSB. Coming up in the next half hour, we got Chris and Delonica. wants to know why his peaches have pinholes in them. Sarah is in Helen, has an old tree that's propping up. Can she do that successfully? We will talk about that a little bit more. Jean and Smyrna has daylilies that are all grown together. I have some strategies for making more flowers on daylilies. And JR in Riverdale, his fescue is now 10 inches tall. How is he going to cut it? I think JR needs goats. It's probably what JR needs to go out there and cut his fescue. JR, I didn't get to that. We'll talk to JR anyway in just a minute. Our phone number is 404-872-0750. The Lawn and Garden Show right here at your service. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.35 at News Talk WSB, 66.8 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden, my friends. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your garden. If you don't even want to mow your lawn, I can give you hints on how not to mow your lawn. We'll talk to JR about that in just a little bit. Let's go to the fellows. Chris comes in first. Hey, Chris, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Hey, Chris, what's up? I got some peach trees, and I got little pinholes in them. Yeah. And I, I guess the juice is leaking out of them. It's real sticky. Yeah. Liquid coming out of it, and I'm, I'm assuming it's the juice. And I'm trying to figure out what it is to kill it. I know what it is, because it's always described the same way, Chris. It's every time people say, I have little bitty holes in the skin of my peach, and ooze is coming out of them. What could that be? And there's only one creature at this time of the year who has a snout small enough to make a little hole in the skin of the peach. And it's a weevil. It's called the a weevil. A weevil, yeah, a little long nose, snouty thing. It's called a curculio. Is the real science name for it? But you can call it the peach weevil if you want. Peach tree curculio. They also get on plums. If you had a plum tree, you'd have little holes in the plums too. And the curculio comes during the day, and they're not all that noticeable. So you may not may not see it. Sometimes they feed at night, so you certainly won't see it at night. But when they feed. As you see, they put the holes in the skin, and sometimes if their nose has not been wiped recently, they'll put uh, bacteria, fungi, into the skin, underneath the skin. You'll have a nice round brown spot around each place where they've injected their dirty parts. So the question is, what do you do now? It would be great if you had an insecticide to put on the tree, Chris, because... Cuculio, they can ruin most of your peach crop. It's not dangerous to eat the peaches. It doesn't hurt to eat the peaches. You can cut the bad part out, as my mother would say. Cut the bad part out, eat the rest. That's fine if the peach tree gets if the peach gets ripe enough to eat. But many times, as the peach sweetens up and gets riper and riper, the any infection, any brown spot gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And infects the whole fruit. So it's good to go ahead and get the cuculio under control now, not waiting. 
Okay, what kind of insecticide would you recommend? Anything that's labeled for use on vegetables and fruits and trees. And I say that because I'm going to let you read the label because I'm not going to give you any brand names because it's important okay. to read the label that says got to be labeled for use on fruit trees. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Curculio, weevils, dirty you noses, Chris. That's what it is. Happy birthday to you. Hey, man, thank you. Appreciate it. Oh. Bye-bye. We got Sarah on the line in Helen, Georgia. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Helen. Hey, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How you doing? I'm doing fine. What's going on with your tree? Well, I got this sweet gum tree, and um, it's got great sentimental value to me. Oh, my. And it's old, and it's kind of leaning over, and I just, I don't know what to do. I want to prop it up, and I just... You know, I don't know. I hope you're not going to tell me to cut it down. Cause it's, mm, mm, mm. But it's leaning over. It's kind of leaning over my driveway now. And, you know, all those stupid balls that come yeah. up here. But, um, but it is, uh, it's an important tree to me. So. Why? What, what, why is it sentimental to you? I don't understand. Well, um, I'm, I'm older now, and I, I moved back into my childhood home. Oh, and um, this is a tree that my mother planted wow. when I was born on my birthday. That is sentimental. Sixty-seven years ago. No, no, you know, no hating those balls too much because it's born on the or it was planted on the day you were born. Yes. Wow. So a it's a very though. important tree to me. How big is the trunk? If you're standing in front of it, how wide is the trunk? Um, I would say like, I'm. I would say it's like as wide as an ironing board. Okay. And it's got a pretty big tilt to it at this point. You know, I am not the guy you need, Sarah, because you need somebody with some smarts to actually look at the tree to judge the angle of the tree, number one. Mm -hmm. One of the things that certified arborists are trained on is to estimate the weight of wood. They have to do it because when you're taking a tree down, you don't want to know how much a limb weighs so you don't overload your ropes or your crane or whatever you're taking the mm-hmm. tree down with. And so they're really good. The ISA certified arborists are really good at estimating the weight of a tree, and they can calculate with the angle of the tree how much weight is on the trunk and whether or not that sweet gum wood is likely or not likely to fail. And that's, that's what you want to know. But oh, so you, it might not have to do with the angle that it's leaning. It, it maybe it could stay up if those branches weren't too heavy. Maybe it could be that you could thin it oh, out a little okay. bit and remove some of the weight. That's a possibility as well. Oh, that is great news because I just love this tree and I just don't want to have to cut it down. Well, here's how you find an ISA, International Society of Arboriculture, certified arborist. They'll have a number after their ISA certification. They'll say ISA certification number, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. Go to a website called georgiaarborist.org. That's how you find them. And all the tree companies in Georgia just about have an advertisement on it, and they'll say the certification number or who their uh, crew member is has the ISA certification. You call one that's somewhere near White County and say, I need your ISA person to come out and look at my tree. Well, thank you so much, Walter, and I'm just so proud that we share a birthday, and happy birthday <laughs> to too. you. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, bye. I really appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Gene's on the line. No, no, Gene, 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 JR's on the line. JR came first, so JR gets first in line. Hey, JR, good morning. Hi, Walt. Hey, uh, you know, I, I thought when grass got to be so long, uh, it was hard on the lawnmower and hard on the grass if you just took one big eight-inch whack off, off the blade. Uh, is there, uh, you know... Cut it down halfway and then go down to. I think you said rescue should be about two and three quarter inches tall. 
and take the second cut and just leave it at the proper height. Yeah, but, but Jr. I want to get the first of the story. Why did you not mow the fescue before now? Why is it ten inches high? It's a tad bit of rain falling. Yeah, right. Well, it, I, my lawn has grown, but I've mowed it a couple of times, even you know, with a couple of dry days in between the rain. Yeah, I just the time didn't work out that way for uh, me this time. All right. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're better off to set the mower as high as you possibly can set it. Even going out there with a weed trimmer for the lawn is not too big, and weed whack it off the top third, no more than a third if you can possibly achieve that. So take off about a third of it and then wait uh, four or five days and then take another third off, another four or five days, take another third off until you're down, not to two. And a, I think Fesky would be a appreciative of being mowed around three inches. Three and a half to three is about right for fescue, particularly as the summer gets hotter. Fescue begins to suffer more and more from heat at night, and it helps to cool the soil a little bit if you have a higher mowing height in the summertime because the soil doesn't get heated up during the day. So Yeah, they say it's going to be a hot one. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what the weather people are saying. So three, three and a half, somewhere in there is about right for mowing height. But now at, what, 10 inches, uh, let's take it off a little bit at a time, a third at a time until you get it down to where it needs to be. Okay. All right. I just, uh, I know, just it sounds unbelievable, but that's all. <laughs> it does sound unbelievable, so I'm worried okay. if you had a vacation or something, but whatever. That's what you do, a third at a time. Okay. Thank you much. All right. It's good talking to you, Jr. Thanks for calling. Bye. Right. we got Gene on the line. Hey, Gene, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's going uh, on, Brother Gene? Well, I've got four or five azaleas that have grown together. Azaleas or daylilies? No, my daylilies are fine. Okay, so that's azaleas. This is azalea. And uh, they form just one large uh, bush, and it's about eight feet tall. And okay. they've done great for over 20 years. But in the last two or three years, vines and all kind of weeds are growing up in, from the up into them. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is is to cut it back a third or a half and so I can get down to the weeds yeah. uh, and the vines. I got poison ivy, uh, <laughs> Carolina creeper, uh, yeah. um, morning glory, just all, all kind of junk under there. And I just wanted to see if you had another suggestion besides cutting it back and hey. get to the weeds. You can leave them that high if somebody can get down on their hands and knees and get real humble. <laughs> get down on your hands and yeah. knees and get not, underneath. That's not the case. So, mm. But if you don't... My, my humble days are over. But if you don't get down to the base where the vine is emerging from the soil, how are you going to kill it? How are you going to keep it from coming up over the azaleas once you've pruned them? Right. Well, that's going to be a problem, too, because... Just pulling some of these vines is not going to do it. No, no, they'll of, break off. They won't come off. They won't pull out of the ground at all. No, and some of them have uh, have bulbs that they're growing from. Sure, smilax. I don't know if it's a, some type of a weed killer I could use without destroying the No, nothing at all. No weed killer is that smart, Gene. Yeah. I think if I were you... I would hunt around with my friends and neighbors and find somebody who will do the work that needs to be done. The work that needs to be done is get underneath the shrubbery and cut the stumps, cut those vines, and every stump that's left, paint it a little bit with Roundup. Take a little bit of, like a foam paintbrush or a little spray can of Roundup, and it's right there on top of the stump. It'll not sprout then. It won't sprout at all, and your job is finished. And you can do the above ground work of pulling them out of the out of the shrubbery, and the whoever you've hired can go underneath and cut and you know cut and daub the roundup on it. 
But man, you got to do something right at the ground level. You can't yeah, I do know anything that's why better I, than that. That's why I need to get in there to that. But yeah. do you think the Isaiahs are too old to cut back? No, they're not too old. Are they pretty healthy? Got good green leaves. Oh yeah, oh man, they bloom great. Sure. Now, the first year after you do a severe pruning, if you were to cut them from let's say eight feet down to five feet or four feet or something like that, next year you won't get a lot of blooms on them because they'll have a lot of new juvenile growth. You just won't Mm -hmm. put out a lot of bloom buds. But uh, the year after that, it'll look great. So you can cut them back, but just don't expect a lot the next year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Knew that. Okay. All right. Well, happy birthday, and thank you. <laughs> thank you, Gene. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, man. Mary's in Lawrenceville. Mary joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. I have a row of Otto Lucans about 20 feet in the front of a porch. Yeah. Two of them, side by side, are turning almost a black-brown in mm. part of their branches. They're next to each other, and I'm mm-hmm. afraid this is a disease that's going to spread to the others. They're at least 20 years old. Is it the whole shrub turning brown or just one limb here, one limb there? um, Right now it looks like one limb here, one limb there. But I think it's it's spreading. I see some leaves in other sections that are starting to turn brown, too. Autolucid laurel is, generally speaking, a pretty tough shrub. They get... Shot hole disease when the little holes in the leaves appear. Yeah, I've That's got a, a couple. Of, yeah, I've got some of that going <laughs> on too. There's hmm. uh, a couple of things to check. I just say check these, Mary. Um, check the ground to make sure no water is standing around the bottom because auto looking laurel do not like to sit in water. So there's well, any chance they're of that. soaked. They're drenched uh, with all this rain that we've had. I noticed this was happening a couple of weeks ago. Right, so that could be part of the problem there. Uh, you know, frankly, a lot of me says, hang on and wait until it dries out a little bit. Wait till mid-June, maybe, and see if things don't re- it'll recover exactly. But you may get a little new growth on those branches that you got brown leaves on them now. So I don't think I'm quite ready to say prune them out. But I certainly, I think you could wait a little while and see what happens. Okay. Um, yeah, the branches are looking almost black, some of them. The, the, the leaves still on or the leaves gone? They're gone. Yeah, they're probably not going to come back then. Um, I think my advice stays. Wait wait a couple of weeks. If they have not come back, haven't got any kind of green growth on them, then let's just go ahead and cut the branches off. And hopefully you'll leave a hole there that the healthy branches nearby can grow into, sensing some sunshine. They'll just grow into it and make a, a little bit more shapely, greeny, greener, outlooking laurel there. That's the best I can advise for you to do, Mary. i got to go, though, but thank you for calling. At 648, we'll be right back. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. the past two or three days. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, maybe a stray thunderstorm or two with a high today around 89. Overnight, 72 degrees. So on Sunday, 50% chance of rain. High of 87, low of 65. And your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
Actually, F, let us give away the weekend prize pack. We have here in my notes on the second page. Yes, indeed. We have a pair of tickets to see Daryl Hall and John Oates. That'll be fun. And train on June the 20th, June the 20th, just a few days from now, at the Infinite Energy Arena produced by Live Nation. Ashley Fasca, who wins? Caller number three. Caller number three to our contest line, 404 Third caller, 404-741-0750. Annie is in Atlanta, and Annie joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Annie, good, good morning. morning. Good morning, Walter. Hi. I've got a um, H-O-S-A-G-O palm plant that I've had over a year. Yeah. And I noticed that the, I, I brought it in. It was on the outside. I brought it on the inside from uh, from from the winter. But it lived on the inside. But I, I don't know. I was watering it every week, and I'm one, and fertilizing it once a month. Yeah. So I'm wondering was I watering it too much because the bottom leaves are turning brown. This is a, a, a sago palm. Did you say sago right. palm, Annie? Yeah. It seems a little more than it needs. Is it outside now or inside? Where have you kept it now? I just I just brought it out outside now, but I've had it inside for all winter. Yeah. Sago palm is not the friendliest indoor plant. It's not. It doesn't get enough sunshine inside to be happy, and that's one reason oh. the fronds are turning brown. On the other okay. hand, it's not really happy being outside in the winter when it gets down below freezing. Boy, they freeze to death. That's the end of that story. No, I brought it in way before it started getting cold. Yeah. But I, it wasn't getting that. It was getting light in my living room, but it wasn't getting that much yeah. light. I think Maybe the that's... reason for the fronds to fall off was light levels. It probably wasn't water, but it could be if you put too much water. If your finger goes into the soil and comes up wet and soggy, then that's you know, you don't need to water it again. Okay, but they haven't fallen off. They're just they're just turning brown now. My bet is they're going to go All the leaves fall. on the bottom are brown now, yeah. <laughs> but they haven't fallen off. I bet and they I will. And I put it in a bigger pot too because it, 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 it's a big palm tree. Yeah. I, I, it was so, so I, I repotted it. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Maybe, maybe not. Have you figured out whether it's a male or a female, Annie? I have. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Teaches something new. <laughs> the center, where all those fronds come together, the center. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, literally, this is true. If it is a a ball in the middle, then it mm -hmm. is a female. And if it is a cone in the middle, and that's what it looks like. It's just a cone. And for a small one, it'll be two or three inches high. But for a big one... You know, one of the great big sago palms has been outside for a long, long time. The cone will be easily a foot to 16 inches high. The cone is the male. The ball is the female. And you have to have both of them around to have fertilization to occur and have those little seeds. If you've never seen it before, sago palms have seeds about the size oh. of a golf ball, sort of reddish looking. And they own mature sago palms in Florida. They oftentimes have those seeds that can be germinated and people grow sago palms from seed. Oh, I'm looking at it, and that's a big palm plant. Yeah. It was big when I got it. My son gave it to me. But it's not a ball in it. It's just a little... Is it a ball? It's a little thing. <laughs> you may have to wait on it to pass uh, pass puberty. Maybe it just has not reached the point in its life where it can show whether it's male or female there, Annie. Well, thanks so much for calling. we got to go out of here, Annie, but keep, it, keep an eye on that Sago palm. It's 6.58. We'll be back after news. I know.